0: Hi, this is Steffi and welcome to the Financial Fox Investing and Innovation Ideas with a Twist. Today we are going to talk about DeFi or decentralized finance and it's going to be a very interesting episode. So first of all, access to financial services has been a major problem till the advent of Bitcoin, which has empowered people to access money anywhere without any restriction. So today, DeFi, or decentralized finance, is building a complete, new, open, trusted financial system that anyone in the world can access without any discrimination. So this is the future, and we know it, we love it, we are making it. Now, many of you maybe are familiar with the concept of DeFi in the Ethereum ecosystem, but this isn't all because great progress has been made on other chain. And for instance, Polkadot has been doing something really interesting. And today we are gonna dive into it with Dan Rieser, VAP Growth of Akala and Karura Network. Hi Dan, how are you?
1: Good, how are you?
0: I'm fine, I'm fine. And listen, it's great to have you on the show to talk about DeFi.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so maybe let's start a little bit explaining uh, um, the concept of DeFi and how big the market is. I know that many, many people watching maybe know what DeFi is. I mean, it is now a word that's become a buzzword and, you know, it's a big concept. But I think it's important to stress on the size of the market that has been growing so much since if we think about last year to today. I mean, it's massive how big it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, DeFi. I think since last summer, um, which people have called DeFi summer, has grown to around. I think at the peak was around 60 or, or 70 billion or so across what what DeFi Pulse tracks. So the market size to me is really um, long term is as big as the financial market is today globally because there's so many people around the world who need access to the financial system who have just been left out due to identification or their local government or other reasons. So um, for people like me, I'm originally from the US, so I've had that perspective. And then I've since moved to Brazil around five months ago. So I've get, gotten a totally different perspective living down there um, with you know a different currency, a different government, and just things work a little bit differently. And I see a need for people there to plug into this new financial system. Whereas in the U.S. with like the global reserve currency being the dollar, there's a bit of advantages being somebody who lives in the U.S. and has access to that financial system and making that as their, as their currency they make at work every day. So, yeah, because of this, I've, I see just so much potential in the future of DeFi.
0: Yeah, it is, it is interesting. So you basically see a bit um, quicker pickup in developing countries.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of examples. Um, I actually just did a presentation last week for people who were like brand new to crypto. So I, I just dove into a few of these examples like um, Zimbabwe um, is one where according to the principles of money, um, having, it, having money as a unit of account. So if you denominate prices in, um, I don't know the name of their currency but the Zimbabwe version of the dollar they actually no longer in Zimbabwe denominate their prices in their own currency, they denominate prices in dollars. So according to um, one of the most recent definitions of what money is, their money no longer qualifies as as money because it's not the unit of account in Zimbabwe. Another example, um, a couple in South America, um, Venezuela, there's pictures of people in the streets of Venezuela making um, crafts and art out of their own currency because it's so devalued that it's it's not worth much more than just a, any normal piece of paper. Um, this is due to inflation, um, different government regimes over time, same things happening in, in Argentina as well.
0: Wow, yeah, this is a really interesting time though. So let's go back to DeFi. I think many, yeah. many people um, maybe uh, are more familiar with the concept of DeFi in Ethereum. So when they think about DeFi, they think straight away, right, Ethereum ecosystem. Where what I want to, you know, to discuss today is that DeFi is not just Ethereum, but DeFi is many other chain. And what you're doing in the Polkadot Kusama ecosystem is actually quite interesting. So then we can go into that a little bit more deeper. Um, but I think it is a very important point to make. So do you maybe want to explain that and what Polkadot is doing about DeFi?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, we, we as, as the Polkadot ecosystem, as well as other ecosystems, have a benefit in coming into DeFi now in 2021 after all the phenomenal work that the Ethereum ecosystem has done over the past seven, eight years since, they, since the network started. Um, so there are plenty of concepts that have been tried and tested and really confirmed in the Ethereum ecosystem that now people um, building on more kind of next generation platforms can take and um, prove upon and continue to build upon. So people like Aave and Compound and, and Uniswap and Maker In the Ethereum ecosystem have really been the pioneers of of what DeFi is and means to all of us. And then now you've had um, developers like Gavin Wood create these new ecosystems that are just barely getting started. So Gavin um, was one of the founders of Ethereum back in the day with Vitalik um, he took the white paper that Vitalik wrote, and then he created the Ethereum virtual machine and he invented the Solidity programming language. So he was the one to really put a lot of work into actually hands-on coding of Ethereum back in the day. And then around 2016 or so, um, he decided to, to take on his own project, build Polkadot, um, and that was built over the course of four four or so years leading up to the launch in 2020 last year. And now, um, as of last week, the first parachain launching in the Polkadot and Kusama ecosystem.
0: Can I, can I stop you here, Dan? Yeah. So w- what he was trying to address when he... Um, Launch Polkadot. So, coming from Ethereum, knowing everything about it, probably thought something is all going to work. I'm going to do it better, or I'm going to do something that you know is going to bring us to a step forward. Which are the point that he was uh, he was trying to make better to address?
1: Yeah, I, I've kind of boiled it down to actually six key points. So, number one is um, interoperability between multiple blockchains that are all connected in one universe. Um, Whereas Bitcoin and Ethereum have been these single isolated chains that have done a lot on one chain, but imagine what you can do with a hundred or more blockchains connected together. Um, Number two is customization. So um, Gavin created another framework which is for building entire blockchains. This is called Substrate. The more you get into Polkadot and Kusama, you'll you'll hear a lot about this word substrate. And it's basically like the um, software development kit for building Polkadot um, compatible blockchains. What this allows teams to do is customize blockchains for specific use cases, instead of using one generic blockchain to try to do everything. Um, Another one is scalability. So the more blockchains that are connected together, which we call parachains, um, the more scalable we can get. So the research team at Web3, um, when I was making a, a slide deck last year, it was around, 167,000 transactions per second is the theoretical um, max that we could see, but we'll have to see what this actually turns out to be once all these parachains begin launching into reality. Um, Just to quickly go through the other one. So on-chain governance is another one. So instead of the original founder or group of five founders, for example, making all the decisions um, and trying to do things with off-chain governance through forums or, or phone calls, um, Polkadot and Kusama are both governed on-chain, so every change to the code, um, every deployment of treasury funds is all done on-chain It must be voted on by a, a council that is elected through a voting process, which is also done on-chain with tokens. Okay.
0: Um, is that not going to make the, the, the process, slow, slow down the process to have everything on-chain?
1: Yeah. Um, you could argue that it could speed it up if because if the thing is it there's a time frame on these proposals so on polka dot you have once something is proposed and put on chain to a vote there's a 28 day period where it needs to be voted on and enacted and kind of implemented within that time frame if you think about traditional governance or, or governments in, in kind of the traditional world things can just be talked about and talked about for months and months so this could actually speed things up if um i don't sure. know if you, if you think about it
0: yeah yeah i agree i agree at least you have got a timeline that you have you know to get an answer or a solution by then okay
1: yeah um another thing i'm i know there's two more I, i'm so the fifth one is um self-upgradability so Everyone has heard this concept of hard forks. Um, you've, you've had the Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash hard fork, Ethereum hard fork a while ago. Um, what that is, is just one group of people thought the chain should be upgraded to take on a certain form. Um, and another group disagreed. So they had to fork the chain. Um, the way that Polkadot and Kusama work is we can upgrade chains without forks. So upgrade um, Polkadot itself has already been upgraded I would have to guess 20 or more times since the launch last year. So if you think about one chain like Ethereum that's been the same since launch yes. and another that has upgraded 20 plus times in a year, yes. the speed at which we will be able to innovate is just, it's, it's just not even comparable really. Um, so that's an underappreciated feature for Polkadot itself. And then every, every parachain that's using Substrate can do the same thing. So these layer one blockchains like Acala, where I'm currently working, we can upgrade our chain on a, on a constant basis as well, as long as it's approved on chain.
0: Yeah, this is, this is a massive thing, because if we think about Ethereum now going on an upgrade, it's just going to be a really big problem for them to move all the liquidity. It becomes a big deal where, you know, something like that, that you can upgrade constantly. I think that's okay. Yeah. So right, so the last one, so we mentioned about, uh, did we mention cross-chain communication? Yes.
1: Yeah, we did, yep. Uh,
0: interoperability, customization for chain, uh, governance on chain, oh, security. I think that's yep. the one.
1: Exactly, yeah. So security, um, Polkadot introduces, we're, we're kind of taking this proof of, co- proof of stake concept. Um, and what we're able to do as as Polkadot is they have this whole set of validators. I think now it's around two or three hundred validators that are helping secure the network. Um, and that network um, security level is up to whatever polka market cap is. It's I think currently maybe 30, 30 billion or something. So we as as parachains that are trying to plug into this network we plug in and it's like plug and play security because we don't have to recruit all these validators to secure our network. We just plug into Polkadots. So it's very secure given the robustness of Polkadots network and validator network versus um, a common question is is like, what's the difference between Polkadot and Cosmos? With Cosmos, uh, they have great tech. There's great teams building in Cosmos, but every one of those teams had a lot of work to do to actually go out and recruit their own validator set. So they had to recruit those validators, um, educate those validators on how to run that software. And then those validators had to go out and recruit millions and, and potentially billions of dollars to make the network secure. So it's a lot more work on the development teams instead of Polkadot where we can focus on building our products and not have to worry about security.
0: Okay, okay, right. So you mentioned Polkadot a few times and then we have Kusama. So let's make clear what is Polkadot, what is Kusama and how they can work together.
1: Yeah. So traditionally in, in blockchain and even before blockchain, you would always build and test on a testnet. And then the second step and final step would be launching on mainnet. So um, let's say, for example, when MakerDAO launched on Ethereum um, a while ago, They would build and test maker on testnet no real value there so they didn't know exactly how it would turn out in reality with hundreds of millions of dollars in value running through their protocols or their products and then launch on mainnet Um, it's kind of like a hope for the best situation where you think you've tested everything on testnet but you never fully know until it's on on the mainnet so on ethereum in their case what Gavin did, and I think part of this is probably just from his learning um, through the Ethereum experience, is he created a step two in between the two steps that I just mentioned. So Testnet, um, Polkadot being the kind of mainnet, the end goal, he introduced this middle ground of this kind of innovation network or experimental network called, called Kusama. So now anything that ever launches on Polkadot we'll go through three steps. It'll go step one, test net. Step two, Kusama. So any new feature, any new product that will eventually launch on Polkadot will launch on Kusama after test net. So Kusama now is I believe a, a top 30 or so um, token and in, in market cap. So 3 billion, 4 billion or so in value. So if something launches on Kusama, it's very real. Um, whatever, whether it's a product or a new Parachain launching, it's it's a real product and you can see how things work in reality with real value.
0: And it's more and, than an incubator.
1: Yeah, I, I was in thinking S- about
0: SNET, you can call it an incubator, and then and then there is the, the, the then after Kazama and then finally Polkadot.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a, a lab or like a experimental ground, but it's real value. There's real dollars or whatever currency flowing through this. So you can actually see how things perform in the real world. And then when things are ready to move to Polkadot, they will then launch on Polkadot. And the idea there is that by the time anything ever makes it to Polkadot, it should be nearly perfect. Because we've already seen it on Testnet, we've already seen it on Kusama, and then Polkadot.
0: And basically any project goes through these three steps is not something that can get stuck on Kuzama. Stay on Kusama. so Kuzama is still an ecosystem that eventually things there will move into polkadot. Is 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 a middle um, is is a stage. Is not a, an arrival.
1: Not but- exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: so it, it's there's there's a few paths that you can take as a team. So there's. There's, I guess, two categories here. There's like product features, like Polkadot features. So let's say Polkadot introduced um, like a, a new a new way of doing governance, for example. They, yeah. they wanted to shorten governance from 28 days to 15 days. They could try that out as a feature on Kusama and then implement that on Polkadot. That's like a, a Polkadot or even like Parity Web3 Foundation, Gavin Wood type of a, a thing. The other category is... Like blockchain teams or parachain teams, like like Akala, um, there's there's a few options. So there's there's actually three options. First, um, which which is actually beginning to be the most common, is to launch on both and remain on both. So we as Akala, we just launched our Kusama-based implementation called Karura on Kusama, and then in about um, In the coming months, we're not exactly sure when, Akala will then launch on Polkadot. We will actually be operating both of these networks in parallel, just like Parity and Web3 Foundation are running Kusama and Polkadot in parallel. Neither of them are going away. They're both kind of staying. So what that allows us to do is the same concept of what I just explained for Polkadot and Kusama. Because for Akala, this is going to be our we're already working with like FinTech companies. It needs to be high grade bank, bank level security. Okay. Uh, this is kind of like the, the primary network that we've built since the beginning. And then Karura is our experimental ground. It's our kind of our lab where we can test out new DeFi features or riskier um, financial parameters within our, our Dex or Stablecoin, for example. So that the will-
0: arm. The innovation arm, basically.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So we'll have our test net for non-value bearing testing. Yeah. Then we'll have Karura where we can launch new products. We can even have like di- different collaterals, for example, with our stable coin. Um, we can test out risky, riskier financial parameters. And then based on what we see on Karura, then we can implement what we want on Acala based on that learning.
0: Okay. So you mentioned the was security. What I want to understand is is Kusama going to be or is less secure as a, as a chain than uh, Polkadot? So if we are doing innovation, what that is going to trigger in terms of risks?
1: Yeah. So Kusama actually now is is quite secure. When you, when you rate security um, based on, on market cap, really, because when it comes down to it, to, to essentially like take over one of these networks or to hack one of these networks, like Kusama or like Polkadot, because of the way proof of stake works, I, I would, there's probably people who could explain this much better than me, but you need a, a lot of value in, in comparison to the actual market cap of that network itself. I, I believe it's, it's 66 or 67% for a proof of stake network. And there's of course the 51% attacks on, on other types of networks. But you need essentially like tens of billions of dollars in value to be able to take over one of these networks. So the bigger the market cap is, the higher the security is of the network. So just based on that assumption, Polkadot is about ten times the size of Kusama. So from a market cap point of view, it's about ten times more yeah. secure.
0: Okay. Okay. That's that's very interesting. Now, uh, proof of stake. And proof of work security. Do you want to spend maybe a few words on that, and then we can go more into Akala and Karura. Uh,
1: I think what I just mentioned is, is pretty much the extent of my knowledge on exactly how like a hack would work on proof of work or, or proof of stake network. Um, it's really based on the the percentage of the network that you're able to accumulate in wealth. Um, but there's also some economics built into these proof of stake networks to disincentivize people from even wanting to take over the network. Because if you're, ha- if you're spending 10, $20 billion to, to take down a network, but you own those tokens anyway, then why would you want to do that um, in the first place?
0: Yeah, okay, fine. So let's just move uh, um, to Akala and Karura, which I understand Karura is launched now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what, what I would like maybe you to do is to break down what are the DeFi application that um, Akala and Karura are offering, if they are similar, and then maybe in the Karura, which is on Kusama, what is new, what is uh, experimenting there that, you know, that perhaps you're going to take into Akala.
1: Yep. Yeah, so... Karura just launched um, our our actual blockchain last week. Um, After this, I can maybe get into details around like what a parachain slot auction is and a crowd loan. That's that's basically how you launch on one of these networks. So we just won the parachain, the first ever parachain slot auction last week on Kusama, which allows us to basically gain a slot on the network and launch our, our chain. Um, now what we're, what we're doing is we're getting into the process of actually launching our DeFi products that we've built. Um, so first being the Karura DEX. So we'll have an automated market make, automated market maker DEX similar to Uniswap yeah. on Karura. We'll have a multi-collateral stablecoin. Um, so backed by things like Kusama, um, uh, KAR, the native token of Karura itself, and Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, so that will be launching second and then liquid staking. So this is, um, this is a, a fairly new concept in DeFi. There's a, there's a few product, products that have done it, I believe in the Ethereum ecosystem. Um, but what this is, is it basically allows people staking their KSM to get a liquid receipt for their staked token. So right now in the Kusama ecosystem, there's billions of dollars staked that people are earning roughly 15% um, staking interest on on those assets. But when you stake, you have to basically lock the KSM. So right now, if you're staking KSM, it's locked, you're earning your 15%, but those tokens can't be used for anything. They're they're, they're stuck. So what will happen when our liquid staking goes live on Karura, um, people who want to to stake in in this product Would essentially unstake from wherever they're staking currently and then stake within Karura, which is ultimately just staking their KSM and then they would get something called LKSM. It's a liquid token that represents the staked asset. So,
0: okay, okay, go on, because I'm just making the comparison to Ethereum, which is the same. I stake, let's say, on Aave some USDC. And then I, my, my USDC, they are there. I can't do anything else. So maybe yeah. I'm, I'm earning some AVE, let's say. Well, yeah. here you're saying you stake, but because um, token, but you get a, li- a liquidity token.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, go on. That's interesting.
1: And then, and it's pretty cool because that token, the LKSM, is like a receipt for your staked assets. So those staked KSM will continue to earn the 15%, I'm just estimating. And as those tokens earn their interest, the balance of your LKSM will actually always be increasing because your underlying staked assets are earning interest. So if I'm holding, if I stake 10 KSM and I get 10 LKSM in return, then the next day I'll have um, a little bit more in interest because it's reflecting how much the underlying KSM is actually earning.
0: So so the LKSM is giving, is adding KSM in the in, uh, staked? The
1: the LKSM is just a representation of,
0: uh, it's a okay. of
1: what your KSM has earned. So whatever you staked in the beginning. So that will kind of like, I don't know if you've seen like what Coinbase is staking looks like, where they have this little ticker and it's always going up. It's showing you what you're making even by the second. This is, it's similar to that. It'll always be increasing because your underlying KSM is, is earning. Okay. And then, so what that allows you to do is then you can take the LKSM while your KSM is earning yeah. rewards, then you can take your LKSM and use that within other DeFi applications. So you could take the LKSM and you could provide liquidity to a pair in the DEX. For example, you could, you could have like an LKSM um, KUSD pair, like our stable coin. Yes. So you could go provide liquidity in the DEX and then earn LP rewards from the DEX for, for doing that with the LKSM. Or you could take the LKSM and you could take out a loan for KUSD using LKSM as a collateral.
0: So the, basically, they will work like a KSM. They, they will work. Exactly. The yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Interesting. And okay, go on.
1: Yeah. Or if someone, say someone's like ultra long on KSM and they, they think the market's going to go up, you could essentially double dip by staking your KSM, getting LKSM, yeah. and then purchasing more KSM through that loan that you took out for the KUSD. So it's, it's a way to leverage as well if, if people wanted to.
0: Okay, okay. So. And and this is going to, this, this specific app is going to be into the Akala.
1: This, yeah, this will be on Karura. So it'll be Yeah, it's
0: in Karura, but it will be in the Akala as well with Polkadot. Same
1: thing, exactly, yeah. So this will be apps.karura.network, which is the, the application site. And... All of this that i mentioned so the lksm is is centered around ksm token kusd is is um, backed by things like ksm um, as collateral and those that's karura what akala is doing is is ultimately the same types of products but centered around dot instead of ksm so the ausd the akala dollar is one of the collaterals behind that is dot and then the liquid staking on Akala will be for DOT, so L DOT will be um, the staking uh, derivative over there, and that's already being implemented in some interesting ways as well. Um, speaking of Compound from the Ethereum ecosystem, we've been working with them um, for quite a while on some ideas, and just recently got a grant from the Compound grants to build what they're calling a starport. So between Akala and Compound. Um, Compound, this is a kind of an underappreciated under fact that Compound, um, going back to what I mentioned around Substrate, Compound actually chose Substrate to build their new independent blockchain, so independent of Ethereum.
0: Okay. So Compound's
1: building this kind of multi-chain money market using Substrate, and we're building um, a starport or a, basically a bridge between Acala and Compound. So what that'll allow us to do is bring things like DOT and Liquid DOT over to Compound to use within the, their money market as well. So people can come to Akala with their DOT, they can stake the DOT, get an L DOT token in return, and then go use that within Compound, however they'd like, while their DOT back in Acala is still earning interest.
0: Yeah, So wow. it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Interesting, yeah. Do you want to spend a few words about the stable coin? in the yeah. true project, because I think it's, it's quite interesting, this, uh, you know, aspect of, of use of stablecoin.
1: Yeah, so both networks um, have a stablecoin. So on Acala, the stablecoin will be collateralized by things like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and DOT, and ACA, yeah. as well, the native token of Acala. And one thing in the beginning of the network, there will be a liquidity mining um, program. So. You were mentioning earlier when we were getting started around these Ethereum liquidity mining programs and the difference between that and in these liquid staking. So I think now you can see it's, it's quite different. Yeah. Um, on a call, we'll actually have both. So we'll have the liquid staking for people to get liquidity on their staked dot, but we'll also have a liquidity mining program to help help us bootstrap these products because it's hard to imagine, but, you know, USDC now is at Billions of dollars in, in liquidity and issuance within the market. But they, like all of us, started at zero. You know, there you have to somehow incentivize people to be issuing and taking out loans for this um, stablecoin. So when people, um, in the beginning, when people are coming in and they maybe they bring over bit like wrapped Bitcoin through the bridge, or they bring over ETH, we will be incentivizing people with ACA. Um, To incentivize them to actually provide collateral into the um, stablecoin and and issue AUSD with that.
0: Okay, so it it will be like a farm for the bridge.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, okay, fine. So, um, when, so we said that Karura is launched now on Kusama. how long or what what's next what what's gonna happen next you have like a time frame where you know you are gonna um test a few things um and then what you know what what is gonna happen next because that karura we stay on kusama yeah and because then you have kala so you wouldn't
1: yeah yeah this is the biggest question right now is everyone's asking like okay now he like when's the decks launching when's one of the tokens being distributed things like that um, so we're following the same approach that polkadot and kusama followed which i really believe is, is a good idea in this industry because it's impossible to predict development and technical timelines so we're we've provided a very in-depth um, roadmap um, that i can maybe send you if you want to add it to the notes in this in this show but um, we have a roadmap that we've done in notion and we're checking off everything as we go so we're able to give like, here are all the next steps. Here's where we are currently, um, but we can't give exact timelines, but all I'll say is it's we're doing it as quickly as possible. And it's really a matter of days and weeks, more than months Okay. for Karura's rollout. Um, the next thing to come, the next major thing to come besides all of the Karura product launches is the first parachain slot auction on Polkadot. So as Akala. Um, just like we did with Karura, we we need to win an auction against other teams, just like us, to win the first slot on Polkadot. You need um, to
0: explain me that. I think yeah. we, need, we need to explain why why it's that why is that? Because we I I never seen something like you need to win an auction. I know
1: it's crazy. The
0: launch of the project looks a bit wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what's coming up for for Polka, for Akala on Polkadot, and I can explain that now. So. Um, I guess also going back to Gavin and and his Ethereum experience, one of the things that um, I think anyone involved with Ethereum in the earlier days probably wishes wouldn't have happened is there were so many scams that happened because it was so easy to launch a token on Ethereum. So it was almost impossible to stop. You had this open platform and you just had like people writing white, white papers and building websites and raising 50 million and potentially running away with the money what this new model um, really enables in in the Polkadot ecosystem is all these teams like us, we've been working on Akala for two, three plus years. And we are actually forced now through this system to actually win, gather a lot of support and win an auction. So there's a lot of skin in the game. Um, There's a lot of work required. You can't just come in and scam people because it's just, it's just not possible given this whole, um, this whole s- system and process that I'll explain in a second. So what happens in this process is all of these teams are basically forced to, to bid in an open auction and you have two ways to bid as a team. You can bid with a single account. So if you as a team have a lot of DOT which is required for the auction our team could just bid our own dot and try to win the auction with that. Um, I've compared it sometimes to just like a a home auction. Imagine going to an auction to try to to win a house and you of course just have whatever is in your bank account. That's the maximum you can write on a check for that auction. That's the option number one for these parachain slot auctions. Option two, going back to the house example, imagine if you could crowdsource money yeah. to help you with that bid so That's
0: crowd loan of yeah
1: so you want to win this bid and you can involve a thousand people and give them some kind of incentive for helping you in that in that home auction same thing goes for these polka dot auctions which is called a crowd loan that you just mentioned so we wanted to involve our community for several reasons um, and this allows people to help contribute dot to basically back our bid in the auction. And then what we do as a team to to incentivize that and to reward people for their support is we would then be able to promise X amount of ACA, our native token for every dot that is contributed in that crowd loan. As soon as we win the auction, then let's say for example, we said it was 10 ACA or five ACA for every one dot, we would then distribute that as soon as we win the auction. And a, and a big thing to keep in mind on this whole this whole process is that all of the dot contributed to these crowd loans will be returned in full to every contributor. So uh,
0: it's, it's, it's like a bond, basically, but it, you know, yeah. with the higher yield, you know, then they're, they're not just, uh, well, you know.
1: The, and that's why they called it a crowd loan, because it's literally a loan. The only thing you as a user give up is that. You have to unstake your DOT in order to contribute that, so you yeah. give up the staking returns over the course of that, what's probably going to be two years.
0: Can you stake a liquidity DOT?
1: Um,
0: can you stake- give? Can you give? Uh, w- 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 let's go back to what you said me said to me before. I'm doing a liquidity do- uh, DOT or, and and then I get the L DOT. Yeah. And I stake the L DOT or not? Or has to be the DOT.
1: You. This this is kind of what I meant when I was saying like double dipping. So you could actually stake the dot, get L dot, and then you could. Can do, a, you could I? take a loan out for, um, or even go straight to the dex. You could swap L dot for dot.
0: Yeah, and go, and, and keep stake and stake
1: more of that dot. Yeah, but you're basically like two x longing your.
0: Your yeah. So, so basically to take part in the crowd loan, I will need the dot, not the L dot, but I can exchange you on the DEX. Is that correct?
1: You, you could. Yeah. Another thing that we're actually building is right. staking. So this is something else coming. We're building like a, a, a parachain or like a crowd loan or a parachain auction derivative. So right now when you contribute dot to a crowd loan, that is also locked. But what we're building is a way to support a team with Dot, and then get a liquid version of that, which I believe is going to be called P Dot. Okay. But it's just it's it's confusing. It's another product. Yeah, but it's, but
0: it's amazing because you are basically fostering innovation within the ecosystem. Okay. Um, how long is going to take to 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 for the parachain auction?
1: Yeah. So the um, Polkadot auctions the duration hasn't been announced quite yet. On Kusama, it was a week. My okay. guess is that it'll be maybe two weeks on Polkadot. Yeah. Um, and and it's actually pretty interesting the way it works. There's, um, let's just go back to Kusama because this is, this is already live and we know exactly how it worked. So there was a, a seven day auction. The first two days is called an opening period. So nothing in that time really matters um, when it comes down to the actual result. But then there's this five day period. so the so days three through seven are what's called the ending period. and at any moment the winner could actually be chosen but you don't know that until the end of day seven. okay So if imagine there's like a back and forth between teams. you've got one team that's winning the bid and then on day four the other team starts winning. And then on day five, the other team's winning. It, com- it basically becomes like a probability where if one team is winning half of the, the points in time or the blocks during days three through seven and the other team's winning half, the Kusama code actually randomly generates a point in time during that ending period. And whoever had the highest bid at that point wins the auction. Okay. Okay. And in our case, we were, Karura had the highest bid the entire auction, so okay. we had a hundred percent probability of winning um, yeah, yeah. when it came to day seven. So
0: who is gonna be? Who are gonna be the, um, the competitors in this uh, parachain auction?
1: Um, yeah, we'll just have to see. I, I think it's probably going to be pretty similar on Polkadot than it than it has been on Kusama. So, just like I was mentioning, how we're running like Karura and Akala in parallel. There's several other teams. So Moonbeam. Um, just Moonbeam is a Polkadot project. Their uh, their their Kusama implementation is called Moon River. They just won the second auction on Kusama today, ooh. so that's launching. And then they'll be they'll also be going for a, a slot on Polkadot to run those two networks in parallel. You've also got um, a team called Plasm out of Japan. They're probably going to win the third auction right now with their network called Shiden. Yeah. They actually just rebranded to to a star i believe um
0: can a project from ethereum get 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 into this auction in a way or another or an it's ethereum only product? only for um is only for a polka dot uh base project polka dot or kusama base project
1: yeah so um yes so right now every ethereum project is only an application they're not a blockchain that's yeah. the, the biggest difference is that they're all built on ethereum like a, a, a blockchain like akala or moonbeam we're we're layer one blockchains. so akala and moonbeam are the equivalent to ethereum and solana these okay. are all entire like blockchain platforms so one example um to, to go back to the compound example. So they're building an entire blockchain using Substrate. They are actually choosing to not connect to Polkadot. They're going to be recruiting their own validators to run that network, yeah. but they could have gone to Polkadot. So okay. if they wanted to build compound chain and, and go to Polkadot to get the security of Polkadot, they could go and try to win an auction on Polkadot. So the answer is any Ethereum team would have to build their own chain before winning an auction. Otherwise, what you have is teams like Ampleforth and not um, building with us. You've got teams like SushiSwap building with Moonbeam. They're building on top of Acala and on top of Moonbeam. They're not building their own blockchain. So they're gonna be having like multi-chain deployments. So they'll have an Ethereum deployment and an Acala deployment for, for Ampleforth. Just like you see now with, like, for example, Ave being on Ethereum and on Polygon.
0: Polygon, exactly. Okay. Deployments. Yeah. So uh, basically a DeFi project on Ethereum could just uh, build some project on Acala. Yep. And that way you will be able to win. To win a parachain? No, really, because they don't just- need to. No, because you have already your your application on on Akala. Okay, how yeah. the integration can look like? How there is going to be? Um, how Akala is going to deploy application on another chain?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So we on Akala, we've it's it, we've built our own layer one blockchain, and we've also built applications on our chain. So. It'll be, at it's already live apps.acala.network. You can go and actually use the, the testnet. Yeah. And there's testnet tokens at the top. It's actually pretty cool to go in and, and try it out. Um, this is an example of, of an application we've built. We also have built, um, we custom built what we're calling the Acala EVM. So we have an EVM environment that um, our CTO calls it 99% Ethereum compatible. It's not a hundred because we are actually optimizing more for substrate than inheriting all the existing challenges of, of solidity in Ethereum. So the, different, the main differences are that we go through, if you're using REVM, the application will use the Polkadot extension called Polkadot.js instead of using MetaMask that Ethereum projects might be used to. Um, but it comes with some benefits of being able to customize. So when we say that Acala is optimized for DeFi, a couple examples of that is we could customize even the way that token um, gas fees are paid at the chain level. So we've got this feature called Bring Your Own Gas. So if you come from Ethereum and say you you wrap Ethereum and you send that to your Polka dot wallet and you're ready to use it within acala this is your first day ever using acala You now have only you only have Ethereum or ETH in your wallet. You don't have ACA, the native token of akala You probably don't even know what it is if you're brand new. So unlike Ethereum, where you actually have to go out and find ETH, buy ETH and like send yeah. it to your wallet to be able to pay a gas fee, we're allowing and we've we've customized the chain to allow anyone to pay fees in any token. So the way that actually wow, works that's, is that's a yeah, huge it's a huge, yeah, it's a huge yeah. time saver and. Um, just a benefit to users because they don't have to go worry about that so
0: okay so any any kind of token that you have in the wallet you can actually use it to pay for gas
1: yeah and it's actually done on the back end so it's it's sent without the user needing to know it's sent to our decks and swapped for ACA automatically okay because ACA is required to pay the fee but we don't make the user do that. So we actually take care of that for the user um, themselves, and all that's done open and on chain. If people wanted to actually go dig into it,
0: okay, that's so cool. So let's uh, let's just uh, spend a few words about the wallet because you know obviously we can't use MetaMask. MetaMask, yeah. you have uh, you know Polkadot has, all, has got his own wallet. What are the difference from MetaMask, and what are the new feature? Uh, just give an overview of the wallet. I think it's important yeah. just to start things up.
1: Yeah, the, so this is called polkadot.js. I believe the website is polkadot.js.org um, and there's a button there to download the extension. So the web-based wallet interacts with the extension and the main, like the send and receive functions within the wallet are all done within the browser. And then the wallet is just used to interact with applications. So when you're using Akala, it'll pop down your extension and that's where you can choose like which account you wanna use and so on. What I will say is that we're still looking to improve um, the UI and UX of Polkadot.js. I know there's a couple teams in the ecosystem building other alternative wallets. And I would say as a user, it's definitely not to the point of metamask usability um, but it's also a sign of just how early we are in, in the polka that ecosystem
0: because the thing is there are so many account it's not actually account it's different wallet that you have to choose based on on what you are doing and it's important that you stick to that isn't it you can't just mix it up
1: yeah and, and it is like to the for the developers building these wallets it's actually it's a huge task because unlike metamask where you're dealing with really one network mainly ethereum and now there's a couple others like polygon but with polkadot these wallets and these extensions have to be built with the foresight of having a hundred or more parachains all within the same wallet so that experience is very difficult to to kind of nail because you have to allow people to switch between networks um, there's videos on Nikala's YouTube around how polka.js works. Um, that's actually, it's very helpful to watch because the the way the accounts work is actually quite different than Ethereum. But yeah, anyway, as of now, um, polka.js is the main extension, main wallet that interacts with anything on, on Polkadot or Kusama.
0: Okay, and it's in development as well. So that's, uh, you know, great. And I'm, I'm sure that user experience will improve a lot. So yep. just... Uh, um, another question about scalability. We mentioned about bringing your own gas. Um, how expensive is to do transaction on Polkadot? Compare, for instance, on the problem that we are seeing on Ethereum and then obviously Polygon is bringing some kind of solution.
1: Yeah, um, from we're going to have to see what it's like in reality. The gas fees will not even be comparable to Ethereum. Gas fees are gonna be very low. Um, I would guess below 50 cents, even 20 cents. Um, we as Akala as and Kura, can, can also customize these gas fees. In an ideal world, we would actually make fees zero, but in order to prevent spam transactions and, and network congestion just through spammers, um, we have to have some kind of a gas fee. So we'll have to see what it is in reality, but if I were to guess um, for a simple transaction, definitely sub 50, maybe 20 cents. And then as you get more and more complex, transactions can be a little bit more expensive, but still not anything like we've seen on Ethereum. Some example of that, um, and this actually might help paint the picture of what Polkadot could look like in the future. Um, We will have all these parachains connected together and we can do multi-chain transactions all in one So an example of that would be you could be on like the the Bitcoin bridge, for example, and issue and mint Bitcoin from from the bridge and then have in a single click. This could be coded in the future to where you send the Bitcoin to through Fala network or through Manta network for privacy. You could do a transaction there, get like a private version of Bitcoin and send that to Akala and then... In one click, you have private BTC in your Akala wallet ready to use within Acala. But a transaction like that, if you actually broke it down, would it would use the Bitcoin bridge, it would use Manta or Fala network, then it would have a transaction to get into Acala. So it's a multi-chain transaction, it's a little bit more complex. So something like that will cost more in transaction fees than um, on a single chain, like a simple swap or something on our DEX but we'll just have to see what it looks like in reality.
0: I think it's uh, awesome. So many things and great innovation. And uh, yeah. So do you want to maybe to tell where where people can uh, um, go and find you if they have got any question? And then I understand Akala is actually on testnet, so actually people can go there. I'm going to do that myself. And try out. uh, You can actually try out all the application without uh, um, you know using a real token, you could just use yeah. a demo
1: token. Yep, so the link that you just mentioned is at apps.acala.network. And at the very top there's a blue link that says get testnet tokens. That'll take you to, a I think a guide and then that'll take you through our Discord. And it's pretty easy to get testnet tokens to test that out. Um, the other two places, so if you go to Twitter, um, go to Acala network or Karura network and that's spelled K-A-R-U-R-A network. Um, both of those Twitter pages are kind of where we one of our main communication channels and there's a link tree link on both of those Twitters that has basically every other link that you could need um, to get deep into the into the communications and the ecosystems Um, my Twitter is danreser underscore um, if you want to follow me and yeah there's there's just plenty of ways to get involved and looking forward to getting both of these networks launched and in the hands of everyone
0: yeah, awesome, Dan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great, just so many great information, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure it's going to be very exciting.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate thank it. You.
0: Right, that was uh, a super interesting interview with Dan. I asked so many questions, you know, uh, just uh, to understand. Uh, Um, The space and also how Polkadot is different from Ethereum and how they are driving innovation in the ecosystem, I was just amazed about what I've learned today and um, I hope uh, you're going to enjoy the interview as well. Now, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, click the subscribe button and also subscribe to our podcast as well. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with our news and interviews. And if you have any question or something is not clear, please send us an email, send me a message and I will do my best to get back to you with the answer. I will see you next time.